One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. My name is Mo, and I'm putting on a nice FM DJ radio voice. Calm and composed, and I might actually leave this in the podcast just to show me warming up a little bit, getting ready to speak to people, going from a sit I'm sitting in my room by myself, but I'm broadcasting and making a podcast, and I should be myself, speak calmly, collectively, clearly, and not use filler words when they don't need to be used. Silence, pauses are a lot more powerful and they also show certainty. If you start saying things like, and, um, but, you know what I mean, um, yeah, yeah, like trying to get people to agree with you, like, such as that, it makes you seem less, less of an authoritative figure. It makes what you're saying, devalues what you're saying and it makes you seem uncertain about what you're saying as well. So, I'm going to do a little bit of a warm-up because normally I take normally it takes me about four or five times to actually start a podcast. So unless I'm doing it with someone, it's a conversation. If I'm on my own, normally because I'm such a perfectionist, which is a very, very bad thing that I need to improve on, because I'm such a perfectionist, I start the podcast again and again and again and again, which isn't good. Also, you want to hear something interesting, and that is that, I've said it before, that is that 90% of communication, approximately speaking, is non non-verbal. So if you're meeting someone, 45% of communication is going to be from their body language, what they're doing, approximately 45%. It varies very slightly by about 10%, plus plus or minus, depending on what studies and who you're speaking to. And the remaining 45% is going to be from your tonation of your voice. Because that leaves 10% actually being the words you're saying. Because you obviously can't see what I'm doing, you can't see my body language right now, a podcast is about 90%, that was some hard maths, 90% tonation of voice, 10% what you're actually saying. I'd say it's very slightly different because of the the way this medium and the way that information is being transmitted. But I would say that obviously a large proportion of it is about the tonation of your voice. And if you're going into something not ready, if you're going into something unprepared, unprepared you'll you'll note and as as a listener you'll notice very subtle changes in my voice if i say something if i tried to tell you a lie if i said something i'm not sure about even then when i said lie my voice tonation changed very slightly and you can pick up on things you might you don't have to know about this to understand it it will just sound off quite often when people when you when you meet someone you don't like them it's because there's an incongruency incongruency between what they're saying their body language or their tonation of voice so it's they're trying to be something that they're not they're an imposter they're they're faking it they're lying whatever it is it's because there's this incongruency and you have these built-in systems which are are made to detect body language tonation of voice and all these non-verbal non-verbal cues basically which is pretty fucking interesting so that's why i think it's so important to make sure i'm in the right right state of mind to do podcasts i'm warmed up and i'm not gonna absolutely fuck it up but as i've been doing on ret revolution training i've been making these book videos these taking videos on books that i've read i've started doing it so i don't warm up i go straight into it i do no cuts on the videos i try not to do any cuts on these podcasts so if i fuck it up i just keep rolling and you know what that's what that's what i'm gonna start doing on these I'm going to use it as a medium to practice my public speaking to get better. I'm not going to cut it. I am not going to do much of a warm-up, and I'm not going to restart and restart and restart and restart again. Today, I want to talk about quite a complicated topic, quite a complicated topic, quite a complicated subject. And uh, that is the the principle of marginal gains, the principle of habits, the principle of why we do certain things, building good habits, getting rid of old, bad ones, and yeah, most importantly, marginal gains and baby steps. So from a young age, we're told 
to not sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about the little things. Don't focus on the tiny little things. Focus on the macro. Don't focus on the micro. Don't worry about the small stuff. And whilst I believe in the premise of that saying, I believe that we shouldn't worry about the things that we cannot change because we cannot change them. We should focus on our internal state. We shouldn't focus on external things and be bothered by the external. Whilst I believe in the, the premise of not worrying about the small stuff, if something doesn't matter to you in one year's time, why do you care about it now? It's like when I see someone get a parking ticket, I'm fucking baffled when they're like going off at the parking ward and when they're screaming, when they're shouting, when they're actually getting any kind of emotional involvement over getting a ticket. At the end of the day, you chose to park there. You chose not to come back in time, or in my case, you chose not to buy a ticket. And it's completely your fault. It's completely your fault. It's no one else to be unknown but your own. So uh, going back to the topic, sweating the small stuff then, we're, we're told to not sweat the small stuff, but I think the opposite. If we're considering emotions and external and external versus internal and our, our emotional state, we shouldn't sweat the small stuff. We shouldn't worry about the little things. But if we're thinking about habits and becoming a better person and going towards goals and becoming successful and getting better at things, then we should most fucking certainly sweat the small stuff. That is definitely something that we should concern ourselves with. Something that we should be, be worried about, or not worried about, but something we should be actively controlling. So you have all these goals, you have all these dreams, and uh, you might have these small goals, you might have these big goals, whatever they are, the, the general premise or what I've learned from reading and my, my time spent researching is that we should set goals that are, are massive. We should set goals that are way bigger than, way beyond what we can achieve. We're always told to to shoot for the stars or shoot for, shoot for the Mars and you might reach the moon or whatever the fucking saying is we're always told to, to set big goals and that is the way to achieve big set big goals do big think big dream big and it's all well and good doing that but it can quite often seem unattainable like it can you can you can set these goals set these dreams and you're like how the fuck do i get there how do i even start and it seems completely unattainable and it seems completely out of reach and it seems near to impossible so it's almost conflicting in the way that we're told to set these big dreams set these big goals have these big aspirations we we set them and then you become overwhelmed you don't know where to start you don't know where to get there it's like looking at the summit of fucking everest and never having climbed a mountain before in your life. But what you need to do before you climb Everest on your own naked is first you need to do some smaller peaks. First you need to climb some smaller mountains, get some mountaineering, mountaineering experience under your belt. You need to condition yourself to the cold. Start by going in gradually lower and lower temperatures and getting used to it. Probably good to get some tuition and coaching as well from a guy called Wim Hof and some other things if you want to climb Mount Everest naked. But if you just saw it and someone told you you're going to climb Mount Everest naked, you're probably like, how the fuck do I do that? Quick disclaimer, um, it's probably not possible for the vast majority of humans to climb Mount Everest naked. But this is just an, an analogy that I'm using. Don't try and climb Mount Everest naked. So what I'm getting at is marginal gains. Then Marginal gains, these little things. In order to do something big, in order to achieve something big, you want to break it down into smaller steps. And the, the principle, the premise behind marginal gains is it's about 
increasing a small amount, a marginal amount, a margin, a small amount, you're gaining this, this tiny amount of percent. So it's all about focusing on 1% increases rather than thinking about the massive things, the big things that you can do rather than looking at these massive tasks, these massive challenges that you need to get somewhere. It's about focusing on the micro, not the macro, the micro, the tiny things and doing these things again and again and again. If you improve by 1% every single day, by the end of the year, you're going to have improved a fucking lot from just going 1%. So marginal gains is the premise of keeping keeping moving forwards even when you don't want to. Think of a think of a ship. Uh, a ship might be might be sailing from England. I don't really know my longitudes and latitudes. Uh, a ship might be sailing from England. Let's say the ship is one degree off course, which is after after the ship travels, let's say let's say a couple of hundred yards, that one degree might mean that it's only a, a few meters from its destination. If that tri- ship travels a couple of thousand miles, of course, it's suddenly a couple of hundred miles away from its destination. So the thing that I'm getting at is it can be either good or bad. So marginal gains, these little 1% incremental increases, they're very easy to do, they're very easy to apply. And if you keep doing them consistently, and if you keep adding these small habits up, these little things, they're going to accumulate into one big fucking great massive thing that has the ability to change your life and to change the trajectory to change the trajectory to change the trajectory of your life but equally it's a double-edged sword so like i said if a ship's sailing of course very slightly the a one percent decline is going to add up and it's going to add up and it's going to add up so you've got to be very careful to make sure you're using marginal gains in your favor so marginal gains then one percent increase you want to be improving at something every single day you have a goal you have a big dream whatever it is you want to get towards you want to be chipping away at it doing these little things every single fucking day you want to be always improving you don't want to be stagnating and it's it's like the gym if you look at top level athletes what separates someone that makes it as an olympian someone that gets a gold medal someone that is a top level elite athlete versus someone that never steps foot on a olympic olympic field or olympic track whatever it is the people, the winners, the people that are successful, the people that are absolutely smashing it are the people that are always improving. They might not have these huge increases every single time, but they might be shaving off 0.1 seconds. When the when it's raining, they're going out to train. When they don't want to train, when they're not in the mood, when they, they have no motivation, they're still going out, they're still getting it done. They're still focusing on the micro. They're not thinking, oh, it's only one session. It doesn't matter if I miss one session. It's, it's not going to be the end of the world. One session isn't going to affect me. If I'm on a diet, one day off, off my diet isn't going to be the end of the world. Yeah, sure it isn't, but then if I have another day off a diet, suddenly that's two days off a diet and it's putting me on this wrong tra- trajectory. So you have to consider, word of a day, trajectory, T-R-A-J-E-C-T-O-R-Y. You have to consider your trajectory and which direction are you going? Ask yourself right now, in this present moment, am I going in the right direction? Am I on the right path to doing what I want to do? Am I improving or am I declining? Am I not going anywhere? If you're not going anywhere, you're declining, you're stagnating. Winners and losers have the same goals. Whether you're, whatever it is you're doing, in whatever field, whatever, whatever it is, winners and losers always have the same goals. But someone has to win 
someone has to lose. And the difference between the winners and the difference between the losers is that the losers only do things when they're motivated. They only do things when they want to do them, whereas the winners will keep on applying this principle of marginal gains, keep on going, even if they don't want to, turning up, embracing this thing called the suck, pushing through the pain when no one else is willing to, and then they're going to transcend into this greatness. So they are continuously focusing on the micro, the little things. Moving on from marginal gains, moving on from these gains of small amounts, you want to create systems of of small habits. You want to create uh, routines, these systems, these things in order to be successful and in order to be a winner. If you set goals, if you just set goals for yourself, if you rely for yourself, if you rely on goals, and I have suffered, I've experienced this and learned the hard way, especially with my YouTube and social media and other things, I've always wanted to get 100,000 subscribers. I got there and it's like, okay, now what? This is fucking boring. If you set goals, you're giving yourself an endpoint. You're giving yourself a, you're giving yourself a point where you get to it and you're going to be like, now what? Sustained performance is the hardest thing. It isn't actually that hard getting somewhere if you apply these marginal gains consistently and if you keep pushing, if you keep going. But once you've got that, once you've done that and you've set these goals and then you get to your goals, it is incredibly fucking demotivating. I know what it's like because I remember being a kid and a young a young lad and training and all I wanted to be was sponsored by Gymshark and a big YouTuber and have notoriety and have, have be able to help people and change people's lives and have viewers and have people comment on my videos and have like a like an audience or a fan base to listen to me and that's all I wanted and then I got there and it's like okay now what I've done it and it feels incredibly unfulfilling and this is this happens to a lot of people this happens to loads and loads of people you see people getting everything they want they set these goals they become famous they become rich they they get these that their dreams come true and they become incredibly depressed, they become sad, they become demotivated and that's all because of this, this thing where they set goals and they get to the end point and then they don't know what else to do and they feel unfulfilled. So how do we combat this? What you're going to want to do is you want to create habits. You want to create a system of small habits. Habits keep you going. If you're doing things every single day because it is habitually ingrained into your brain if you're doing things because it is a automatic autonomous process that you just automatically go through and follow the notions if you've got these habits that are adding one percent that are adding 0.1 percent whatever it is if you've got these habits these things that you do every single day without fail not because you have an end goal necessarily you just do them because they are habitually instilled in you if you have these habits develop these systems you're going to keep going on this upwards trajectory and you're going to reach your goals and you're going to surpass them and then you're going to keep going because you've created or you've formulate, you formulated good habits. So you want to become something. You want to get better at something. How do I form good habits? How do you form good habits, Mo? You might be asking. And uh, the number one thing you can do is make it part of your identity. When something becomes part of your identity, you feel obliged to do it. Rather than saying, okay, rather than saying, I'm, I'm going to become fit or I'm going to become in shape or I'm going to become a bodybuilder. The goal isn't to become a bodybuilder. The goal is to be a bodybuilder. I am a bodybuilder or I am an athlete. When you identify with something, when you make it part of yourself, when you when it becomes you because of an, an accumulation of habits, it is an incredibly powerful thing. So it's not, not about becoming becoming something or becoming this or becoming that or becoming a reader or becoming a 
I don't know, becoming whatever it is, becoming a ladies' man, you say, I am a fuckboy. You say, I am an athlete. You say, oh, hey, I'm recording podcasts. You want to become, right, identity, change your identity, focus on changing your identity, focus on becoming something, building good habits, and habits are, are automatic. So when you have good habits, when you when you do something, it's like you, you get into this one thing comes after another. It's very easy. You get into this flow state. It's automatic, and it frees up mental capacity for other things. The purpose of habits is to ultimately free up mental capacity. When you can do something automatically, you can focus your energy and do, do other things. So understanding why we do certain things, why we do habits, obviously knowledge is power. And if you want to change something, it's good to, good to have a basic concept or understanding on it. You can break habits down into, into four things. So the, the reason why we want something or the reason why we do something is broken down to four behaviors. And that is cue, craving, response, reward. So if we experience a cue, it might be something like something that sets us, sets us off, something that makes us want something. So a cue could be something like how, how food smells. A cue could be seeing a, your brother playing PlayStation. And then from that cue, from smelling that delicious food, we get a craving. So we're going to feel hungry. Maybe we start salivating more in our mouths. Maybe our stomach starts rumbling. Response is we're going to go and cook ourselves some food and we're going to eat that food. So we're going to go and actually get the food. That is a response. And then the reward is eating the food, is the delicious taste, eating it. And then we get a spike in dopamine. It's also interesting as well, going for a bit of a bit of tangent, that dopamine, this dopamergic system, dopamine in our brain is basically responsible for, for feeling good. They've done studies where they've got they've got rats and they've put electrodes. It sounds absolutely fucking horrible they put electrodes in rats brains but basically blocked the blocked the uptake of dopamine in the brain and they found that when there was no there was no dopamine there when they remove remove dopamine the rats basically they, they wouldn't drink they wouldn't eat they basically just died because they got no pleasure from anything at all so when we when we we want something, when we get a reward, we get this spike of dopamine, of a surge of dopamine in our brain. When we have this anticipation for getting a reward as well, which is quite interesting, we also get this surge of dopamine in our brain as well. And then when we don't get a reward, we actually get a negative dip in dopamine, which makes us feel, which makes us feel not very good. So it's like, for example, let's say a, uh, you meet a girl and she's absolutely very into you and she's touching you up. And then she says, I'm on my period. We can't have sex. Good night. She kisses you on the cheek and she leaves. Then you would get a massive spike in dopamine and probably many other hormones as well. And then when she says that, you would get this huge dip. So you've got cue, craving, response, reward. And basically the the, the premise for for this this whole this whole system or why why we have habits and why we do these things is you've got a problem and you want to find a solution to it. So let's use let's use the analogy of of feeling stressed. So you you might feel stressed, you might feel anxious, and then you've taught yourself basically you've, you've habitually learned that the the problem of being stressed is solved by the solution of eating loads of shit food because it makes you feel happy. So then the cue is going to be stress, and you've learned that you can get over that stress by binge eating by eating loads of food. So you have a craving for food. So the, the problem is stress. You have a craving for fruit, food. And then the solution in your brain is to eat food. So your response is to go and order a pizza and then you eat loads of food. And then the reward is the dopamine that you get after eating all that food. 
So then, that's kind of how the the premise of the the bare bones, the foundations of how why how habits are formed and why we have them and how we maintain them. What can we do to change them? How can we get good habits? How can we get rid of bad habits? There are four things we can do. There's these things called the four laws of behavioral change. Number one is the first law of behavioral change is you want to make it obvious. So this is about the cue. When we have a cue, you want to make a cue obvious. Let's say I want to start formulating a better evening routine. When I go to bed, I want to have a, I, I, my sleep is pretty terrible. That's bad saying my sleep is terrible because I'm identifying with so, someone that has terrible sleep. So I shouldn't actually say that out loud. I should say, <laughs> what should I say? How, how should I word this? My, my current sleep has lapsed slightly over the last few years, but I am a good, naturally good sleeper. You know what I'm trying to say. My sleep seems pretty shit. So what, I'm, what, what I want to do is I want to read before bed. Uh, it's obviously bad to be staring at screens. It's Again, it's spiking your dopamine. It's waking you up. It messes with your circadian rhythm looking at screens. So I want to read before bed. So make it obvious. What I'm going to do to make something obvious is I'm going to set an obvious cue. So I'm going to leave a book on my pillow. And then every night when I get into bed, I'll see a book. Easy. Read it. Bam. Number two, the second law of behavioral change is make it attractive. How am I going to make it? How am I going to make it attractive? How am I going to make it something that's appealing to me? Uh, the most obvious one is I can read a good book or I can link it to another cue. So what I can do is, what's the word for it? Habit stacking, that's what it's called. So what I could do is I could say that after I've had a bath, I can read a book. So I might really enjoy having a bath. I'd have a nice little bubble bath, one of those little pink bath bombs in it. Some nice relaxing, relaxing music. Some, you know what I'm trying to say, lovely little bath. I'm going to say that because I've had a bath, I have to read afterwards. So that's going to make it attractive. Number three, so you've got make it obvious, make it attractive. Number three is make it easy. So that's going to be the response. So I'm going to make it easy. So how am I going to make it easy to read? I could use a I could use a reading aid, or like I said, obviously making it obvious is putting on my pillow. I could read a nice easy book with short chapters. I could read something that's not too challenging, something that's going to be rewarding, something that's going to have short chapters. Maybe it's got it's very easy to read, easy to tear through. It's going to make me feel intelligent, which is going to cause a dopamine dopamine response. Number four is make it satisfying. So I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to get better sleep. I'm going acknowledge the fact that if I read this book, I'm going to get a much more deeper fulfilling sleep. If I've got someone staying at my house, I'm going to be able to spend more time with them in the evening because I'm going to be more zen and zoned out and not, well, not zoned out on my phone. So it's going to create this satisfaction from doing it. So whenever you're trying to find a habit or do something new, you want to think about these four things, four laws of behavioral change, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. So then how do I get rid of bad habits? If you've got a bad habit, something that you want to get rid of, basically what you do is you take those four laws of behavioral change and you flip them, you invert them, you make them upside down. So let's say you've got a problem with binge eating or you've got a problem with going off your diet, eating loads of bad food. Number one then, make it obvious. You're going to want to make it less obvious. You're going to want to make it 
unobvious. So the cue for binge eating, whatever it is, it might be stress, or the cue for going off your diet might be seeing a lovely bar of chocolate on the side. So if you take your food and then that you normally that you, you eat or the shit food that you go off your plan or go off your diet to, and you're going to want to put it in a box, you put it in the back of the cupboard, you hide it, you make it less obvious. So that's dealing with the cue, getting rid of the cue. Number two then is the second law is make it attractive. So you're going to want to make it unattractive. So maybe you can write down and you can think about all the all the disgusting shit that's in that food that you're eating, all the fat, all the saturated fat, all the crap. You can think about how disgusting and fat you're going to look if you eat all that food and keep on going down the path you're currently going. So you're making this thing suddenly unattractive. Number three is make it easy. You're going to want to make it difficult for getting out of this bad habit. So I might get a, a coded box to put this food in. So I have to put in a code. That's a bit OTT. Or I might just put the put all the really shitty food that I'm prone to going off my diet in. I might put it in another room. So I have to walk to the other room to get it, which requires effort. So the reason we the reason we 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 build habits is because something happens, we we have a problem, we find a solution to it, it gives us dopamine, and then it's something where it's it's obvious because we get a cue, it's attractive to us, it's easy to get, and it's satisfying. So going back to the getting rid of bad habits then, satisfying, you're going to want to make it unsatisfying. How you do that with food, um, I'm not really sure. Maybe you can let me know in the DMs. Let me know what you think. Anyhow, so you basically inverse those, inverse those things to get rid of bad habits. Good habits then. How do you... How do you get a good habit. One of the best things you can do, one of the best things to keeping good habits going through creating better habits is obviously you want to consider these things, cues, making it attractive, blah, 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 blah. What you can do is something called habit stacking. So if you want to get a, if you want to develop a new habit, if you want to do something new, do something better that you struggled with, the best way to do it is by pairing it with a pre-existing old habit. So I did this when, when forming my morning routine. Every morning I have a shower and every morning I brush my teeth. I always do that, like regardless of what I'm doing, I've always done it and always will do it. So that's something that's, that's a habit that's deeply instilled into me. So what I can do is I can build a morning routine around those habits. So I want to start having a cold shower. That's easy. I'll just turn the shower on cold. I was having those habits anyway. I want to start reading the morning. So after I brush my teeth, that's going to be the that's going to be the cue for my next habit. So the lines are becoming merged. So I brush my teeth every morning. That is going to be the cue for me to make a coffee. Me making a coffee is going to be the cue for me to sit down and read. Me reading is going to be the cue for me to start meditating after I finish X amount of pages. So it's something called habit stacking, where you're getting pre-existing habits and you're linking them together. It's so important when you're doing these things to make sure that you that you do them every single day. So you do them regularly. You don't just do them every now and then. Try and do them at the same time. Try and keep this. Basically, it's about keeping a streak. Try and keep the streak going so it really is, is instilled into your brain to do to do these things in this specific order at that specific time. And realize as well that if you wake up late, I know it's difficult to to fall off fall off the bat if to to get to stay on track to get back on the back on the bandwagon whatever the fuck you want to call it. 
But if you if you wake up late, for example, or if you if you mess up with one of mess up one thing, don't let it ruin your entire day. If you eat a muffin, don't let it ruin your entire diet and think fuck it. It's again the thing that separates people that do really really well at stuff versus the people that don't is how they deal with how they deal with speed bumps, how I deal with failures, how I deal with things that are outside of their habits, outside of their plans, and you will not align yourself and get back onto that path as quickly as possible. So if you do one thing wrong, you're more likely to do another thing wrong. Let's say you wake up and you go on social media and you're not meant to go on social media. I don't go on my phone in the morning. Let's say you wake up and you go on social media for a little bit. Maybe this is an example that happened to me like last week. Maybe you watch a video on YouTube as you're getting dressed and you take a little bit longer to get dressed and that makes you, and that makes you a little bit later getting up. So you, your your alarm's gone off, maybe. That's the first thing. Maybe you've missed your alarm, you slept through it. So you think, oh, fucking, it's late anyway. So you turn on a YouTube video, you start watching a YouTube video. That means you take 10 times longer to get up and get ready because you're kind of watching it, half doing things. You then don't go for your morning walk because you like going for the morning walk in the morning and it's now... 10, 11 o'clock. So then you do something else. And basically it's just this accumulation of bad habits. They add up very, very easily. So as soon as you start to stray from doing what you know you're meant to be doing, nip it in the fucking butt and get straight back on it. Habits then. So the the reason we the reason we do we do things, the reason we develop bad habits is because we 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 feel pain. We experience something negative, and we want to we want to we want to get over the pain. We want to feel different. We want to escape it. So again, it's like stress, eating food. Uh, we get that dopamine, and it's it's putting us out of that mental state. It's escaping pain. We're stressed. We smoke a cigarette, and that's how we form these bad habits. So you want to feel you want to feel different. Our brains are are set up for instant gratification. Our brains are not meant to be in it for the long run. We've we've advanced so much as a society. Humankind has come along so far in the last in the last couple of years that it's that our brains have yet to catch up. So we're still in this primal caveman state of mind. The, our brain structure is very very similar where we want our main focus is have we got food to eat? Have you got food to eat for the next few hours to get us by? Have you got water to get us by for the next few days? And have you got shelter? So we're set up for instant gratification. We find we find an animal, we kill it. Instant gratification. That's us sorted for the next 24 hours. We find shelter, we sleep. That's us sorted for the next 24 hours. We find water, we drink it. That's us sorted for the next 24 hours. So we're set up, we're hardwired to seek this instant gratification. But as you know from anything or my own podcast, you know that isn't good. You know that isn't good for longevity and stuff in the long run. So you're kind of going against you're going against your brain. You're going against your brain wiring your brain structure by by wanting by doing by delaying gratification by putting things off. But you can habitually condition it into you through building good habits and doing things and making bad habits unattractive and good habits attractive. You can put yourself in this state where you're you don't seek this instant gratification all the time. If you want to improve things and if you want to get better, the best way to do it is practice. I am a perfectionist. I said at the start of the podcast, I'm a perfectionist and it is a massive downfall of mine. I scrap so many things. I take so long to do certain things and I am a perfectionist. 
the best way of getting better at something is practice. The The best way to learn is by practicing and doing it and just going for it. You've got to realize that everyone starts at the same point. Everyone is going to fuck up. Everyone is starts off as a novice before they become an expert. And uh, myself included, a lot of us, especially if, if you're into self-help, we like to spend so much time planning and doing shit. So we plan all these things, we plan what we're going to do, and then we take minimal action on it. So we spend all this time fucking planning and don't ever do it, ever do it. But research shows that practice is the best way to learn something and planning isn't necessarily the best way to do anything at all. So if you want to get better at something, if you want to improve, if you want to develop good habits, it's all about practicing, it's all about taking action, about doing things. Don't think do, just just do it. Take action, do it, go, and and you will get better. This, contrary to what a lot of people might think as well, the frequency that you do something, so the more that you do something, let's say I recorded a recorded a hundred different podcasts, the frequency that you do something is far more valuable than the time spent doing something. So obviously you have the 10,000 hour rule where you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you become a master at it. And whilst I agree the premise for that is good again, the the frequency is far more important. So with me making music, for example, producing music, I'm doing it every single day for an hour. I've got a timer, I get up in the morning, I've linked it, I've started linking it to an, to my old an old habit. So I'll, I'll go for my morning routine basically looks like I get up, I have a cold shower. I don't use my phone, any social medias, nothing like that. Cold shower, brush my teeth, dry my hair, get dressed, go for a walk, come back, have a coffee, read around 40 or 20 to 50 pages of a book, depending on how long the book is that I'm reading. Read, meditate, and then I'll start my timer and produce music for one hour. So the frequency about doing things, doing things regularly, even when you think, it's, it seems a bit a bit weird actually, because even if you think, quite often you think, and I've gone through this as well, quite often you think, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do this. There's, I've only got five minutes. What's the point? What's the point in doing that if I can only do it for five minutes? I'll just do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. The, the most important thing is to keep doing things frequently. Reading a book, developing a new habit, even if, even if I don't have time to read, so like I said at the start, I'm trying to, I am getting a better bedtime routine. So I'm reading it before I go to bed. And my goal this week is to read one page of a book before I go to bed. One page. It's about frequency, continuously doing it and hardwiring into your brain that repetition. It's like going to the gym, lifting weights. You can't go, the, it's all about frequency. It's all about keeping doing it regardless. There's an example of a, a book that I read. A lot of these principles are from a book called The uh, Atomic Habits. And there's an example of someone going to a gym. So they always struggled to go to the gym. They were obese. They wanted to lose weight. And what they did was they'd walk through the doors of the gym and they'd go to the gym for five minutes. They'd literally go to the gym for five minutes and they would leave. And then they kept doing it because they used to have anxiety about going to the gym. And the process of just going to the gym, getting ready, creating this habit, going into the gym, putting a gym kit on and then leaving, it made them actually get used to it. And it made them want to go to the gym and spend longer in the gym. And then eventually they became unobese. They spent lots of time in the gym. They became fit. And it all started with this small little habit. And that leads me on to the final thing I want to talk about called the two minute rule. So when you're forming a new habit, when you want to do something new, you want to do something that's not going to take over two minutes. 
let's say reading my book, I'm only going to read one page because it is not going to take me over two minutes. So there is no way that I can cheat, no way that I can say I'm not going to do this regardless of how late it is. I'm going to read one page of that fucking book. So you want to, whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to learn, maybe you got anxiety about going to the gym, maybe you got anxiety about going out on your own, like out to a club by yourself. But I think it's a good thing and everyone should do it. Alex does it quite a lot. I need to do it more. You're going to say, I'm going to do it for two minutes. So I'm going to read one page of a book. Or it's just about, again, going back to marginal gains, full circle. Little thing. I'm going to go out for two minutes. I'm going to go out and get one drink by myself. I'm going to go to the gym for two minutes. I'm going to do one rep in the gym. I'm going to do one exercise and I'm going to leave. All about these little things. And then that brings me on to the end of this podcast and marginal gains. Two minute rule, little things. The little things do count, do sweat the small stuff and marginal gains matter. So you want to think, be thinking about the, the little things, thinking about the, the small things, the 1% increase. Are you on the correct trajectory? Are you on, are you going the right way? Are you improving by 1% or are you stagnating and are you declining? Is this current moment right now? Is this present moment in time that you're currently in? Are you putting yourself on the right path? Are you on the right trajectory to go where you wanted to go? Because there is a reason you're not where you want to be. And that is because of your shitty, bad little habits. So change them, make little good ones and realize that it's not going to be instant, but it's the marginal 1% 1% increase every single day that is going to make you better. That was a podcast, if you didn't already realize. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Mo Samuels. You can follow me on YouTube, Mo Samuels, Instagram. Go on, have a guess. At Mo Samuels. Drop me a DM. Let me know what you want to listen to, what you want to hear next week. I am going to get some guests, like I say. So drop me some suggestions for guests. I'm thinking Joey D, Mr. Joe Delaney would be a cool one. Rob Lipset would be a cool one as well. E-Man would be a cool one as well. So if you want any of those people, drop me a message. Drop them a message. Um, drop anyone you want me to get on. And literally anyone. Doesn't have to be fitness. Doesn't have to be entrepreneurial. Can be anything. And uh, I will consider it and get it sorted out. But anyway, boys and girls, cheers tuning in. Absolutely smash today. Peace out. Lots of love. Thank you. Good night.